you know, they say all podcasts are created equal, but you look at them, you look at Cinema 7, and you see the numbers don't lie. He's like, you see, when you listen to a podcast, you got a 50-50 chance of being entertained, but they're genetic freaks, and they're not normal, so you got a 75% chance, at best, of being entertained. Are we done? Are we done? Cinema 7. Welcome back to Cinema 7. Uh, today we're going to talk about Endgame. With me today is John Kenoki. Hello, I'm here this time. Sir Chris Hawk. I've been knighted, yes. And from the Metaverse, Josh Porter is back. Hello. Welcome back, Josh. You excited to be on again? Oh yeah, I'm always excited to, to, to shoot the shit with you guys. John, are you ready to get down to the nitty and gritty about Endgame? I mean, I've seen it twice, like yourself, so if if there's something to be discussed, I hope we can bring it up. (laughs) So, it's a new year, uh, new Avengers movie, so you guys know what that means. Fuck Boss Logic. logic. (laughs) Chris Hawk, say your part. Fuck (laughs) him. Fuck Fuck him. We're continuing our rivalry against Boss Logic. He doesn't know us. He doesn't. But, But we know him. Only from posters, but f- him, okay? <laughs> we see him on the street, f- him. he's gonna f- Yo. We see, look, we see, look, Boss Logic, you and your fancy, fancy posters. <laughs> no one f- you. Welcome to the main event. So, you guys ready for some endgame discussion? Yeah, let's go from one sad topic to another. <laughs> this movie... This movie was pretty sad, and uh, I was sitting next to my girlfriend, Ronnie, and she cried nearly the entire movie. Anybody else have people they went with cry during the movie? Or didn't? Oh, I'll, I'll fully admit that I cried my eyes out. Yeah, I cried. John, did you cry? I did not. I'm heartless. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. So, uh, just maybe a quick summary of... Uh, what you thought of the movie, good, bad, otherwise. Uh, Chris Hawk, uh, what's your opinion on this movie without giving any too much away? Uh, did you like it? Yeah, I definitely I definitely love this movie. Um, I felt that Marvel's, um, to cap it all off, to cap 22 movies off, to close up story arcs that have been started 10 years ago, 11 years ago, to tie it up, almost up in a perfect bow to introduce new characters, new storylines. They did everything right with this last movie. And this is what I wanted from infinity war. And I got it with Endgame. And I, I don't think I could have wanted a better movie. That was, it was surprising. It was sad. It was exhilarating. It was, it was uh, emotional. It was funny. And it was, it was everything I wanted. John, you and I are probably the closest in some of the things that we critiqued and critiqued on the MCU 
Uh, you know, there's there's a lot we both liked as well. Is do you agree with Chris Hawk? Do you think this was a really good way to tie it all together? And did you like it as much as he did? I don't know if I liked it as much as he did. Chris Hawk's the Marvel guy. I can't can't top that. I did enjoy it, and I do have my criticisms of specific things. But I mean, overall, I I think it did a great job. uh, You know, ending this this phase as it is, and uh, these this overall set of movies. Um, I think Infinity War though definitely was necessary to set this up, this movie up to be what it was. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that now, Josh. I'm going to ask you the same thing: if you liked or not. I already know you your opinion. Uh, <laughs> but the question I'm going to ask you is: where does this rank in the top five of best MCU movies for you? I can do that, but why though? Why are you going to put that on me? <laughs> why are you going to put that on me for? Um. Ah, oh, god damn you. I have to think now. I have to think after a long day at work. Is it in the uh, top five? It, you know how, you know, Mars, since you and me are wrestlers, you'll understand this. You know how people's favorite wrestlers t- kind of, you know, ch- change depending on the weather? Yeah. It's like that with me in Marvel movies. Um, So, like, I've said that without any, you know, like, hands down, in my personal opinion, the ones that, like, have the almost perfect stories are Infinity War, Civil War, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and and, and I think Endgame, it fits into this category of just like really, very well-written scripts. Um, Of course, there is the first Iron Man. There's there's a lot of good movies in this, you know, saga that have good scripts. It's just like, there's those few, though, that just, that peak uh, above all the rest. And... Endgame did it did it for me like so definitely top five it's it, it changes from six to five every like I keep thinking about more Marvel movies because I I binged all of them before Endgame so it again it it depends on the weather like I I at first thought Endgame was better than Infinity War but then I thought about it I was like no nah, Infinity War is better all right uh I uh as the guys know I have my opinions on Marvel movies and uh, there's some that I like and there's some that I I just find you know not worth rewatching ever or don't hold up or won't hold up or you know I have my criticisms and stuff but I really liked Endgame I I also I have uh, you know criticisms as well of certain things more questions of why do this and why do that or I don't understand this and I don't understand that type of thing but I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really good, and it's definitely one of my favorite uh, MCU movies. And uh, I don't know what else to add other than I, I think we should just hop right into it. I mean, we're not going to do anything non-spoiler-wise because uh, everyone has seen this movie, and anybody who's going to listen to this episode has probably seen it. Or And if, if you haven't seen it and you're expecting non-spoilers, I'm sorry. Uh, the spoiler band has been lifted by the time this comes out. As if there ever was a spoiler ban to begin with. I went on a fucking comic book article on Facebook and someone listed all the spoilers in a post. Oh my goodness. I would be so mad. I reported him. <laughs> but the, fr- I, the I called it I called it hate speech. <laughs> the first thing I'm gonna the first thing I'm gonna say is I thought the whole Hawkeye uh family thing was the 
was a good way to start off the movie because that really set the tone uh, from the what how Infinity War ended to bring it in or start this movie. Uh, do you guys agree or anything at all with that? What I, what I, I do, I do, I definitely agree. But what I, what I didn't, people, when people saw these scenes, they were gasping like they didn't know what was going to happen. It was, it was definitely, it was definitely tragic, but I, I kind of, I don't want to say I giggled a little bit, but when people, there were legitimate gasps in my theater. Oh no. Both times I saw it. The scene was, yeah, the, the scenes themselves were very well, like, you know how they blocked it. So you don't see anyone to get dusted, but they're just not there. It's very beautiful, very haunting, but people were gasping. And I was like, come on guys. It's like, where, where the fuck have y'all been? Is, are y'all starting now? I know, me and Ronnie didn't gasp, but she did start crying because the way they set it up and him, uh, I, it's weird because you only really meet his family one time, you know? So I guess the character, I guess it's that. It was, such a good, it was such a good introduction, in my opinion. Well, That's like one of the best parts of Ultron. Yeah. So, but it's just weird how it's been so long since Ultron, and we and people remember that. And but I guess through that little bit of him teaching his daughter, you also get a sense of how much his family means to him with his eye contact and stuff. So I guess that's why people gasped and were upset. Uh, I'm not trying to like like think like I'm heartless or anything. I just no, I no, I understand. It's, kind of, it, it's no, because that I, definitely was the you. saddest. One of the saddest scenes in the movie is that part. I mean, if that happened to me, I would go full Ronin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no holds barred. I'd be worse. Ronin. I'd be worse. Oh. But I do see what you're saying. It's almost like when me and John joke about seeing things in trailers and going to the movie and people are like amazed by the scene that was in the trailer. You know, it's like, you why saw are you guys that laughing at that joke. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you laugh at that joke? It was in the trailer. You know, like I see what you're saying. It's like you, you see this is coming cause you've seen the last movie. So you know, what's going to happen to his family. Why gaffs so reacted? Re- why react? So I think uh, for some people, it might've been more of like a member like, Oh shit. Yeah, that happened, didn't it? Maybe Probably. it's because it's it's it's, it's Hawkeye's family is his cornerstone. Maybe that's what yeah, people that, are guessing. Yeah, exactly. About. John, did you uh, do you think that was a good way to start off the movie, or do you have any opinions on that? Um, well, to play devil's advocate. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> John, John gasped. I think John gasped. I think it didn't. I, I feel like it's making up for the lack of Hawkeye in Infinity War. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, most it's, definitely. It's it's a clear, like, we forgot about him. Here he is. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, it, it shows, like, it shows the ankle braces. So he's on probation just like uh, Ant-Man was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's on probation uh, for not signing the accord. So the effects of Civil War, even during Infinity War, are still felt. Um and, of course, the Russos directed that one, too. So I think they're kind of, like, showing, hey, all of our movies, like, you know, the effects are still lingering. This isn't just, like, a one. This isn't, like, the, the Soviet, the Soviet, like, uh, the Sokovia Accords wasn't Calm just, down. like, a one-time thing. <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't Calm just down, a one-time You know what's thing. funny, though, is I didn't notice the ankle bracelet until the second time I saw it. I'm right there with you. So it's, like, there, there are little things that I did notice or pick up on in the second time, my second viewing. The movie's deep, bruh. It is deep, but... It's almost like there's so much they leave out of other things because they're they're trying to tie it all into the Avenger movies. 
Uh, it's almost like I think Civil War should just be an Avengers movie still, but that's just my opinion. And <laughs> it's almost like there's little things in this movie that I didn't notice till second viewing, like I said, but it's it's because it's so like it's like a quick shot or something. You know what I mean? Like there's a scene where they're showing all the people that passed away in the Avengers building and Captain Marvel sees the picture of Nick Fury and she gets upset. I didn't see, notice that until the second time I saw the movie because it's so I, quick. The fact that I noticed that and I know I tried to ignore like, oh, my God. Um, I think what was scary. All right. So as far as like entrance, like intros to the movie, like I find it because, all right, so I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask you three, which movie had a better in- intro infinity war or Endgame? You're going to have to jog my memory for, infinity okay. So war. like, so like, uh, basically the, the beginning of infinity war picks up where Ragnarok ends like Thanos, ship, like approaches. Oh, that's right. Where he, Thor he beats the crap right. out of yeah. Thor. He beats the crap out of Thor. Um, like in, in terms of setting, uh, setting, uh, setting up what this movie is going to be, which intro did it better? Because that's what I've been thinking about for the past couple of days. I'm going to say in Endgame because if you didn't see Thor Ragnarok, you probably would be like, "What the hell's going on?" And at least if you've seen Infinity War, and then you see Endgame, you understand. Or even if you didn't see Infinity War, you're like, "I I still think you can pick up on." the beginning of Endgame more than you could the beginning of, of Infinity War because I remember seeing Infinity War and being like, I guess Thanos got the Power Stone. You know, like, it, 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 it that was one of my gripes, I think, was you don't see him get that stone first or... It, because uh, so, with that, I feel like they wanted it to be more like a, just imagine what he did to that planet. That they wanted that that's what they were trying to do. Like, just imagine what he did to that planet. How bad he fucked it up to get that stone. <laughs> um this guy's a bastard, isn't he, audience? Isn't he? He's a bastard, right? Totally better than Darth Vader. John, do you have an opinion on that? Well, I, I don't think we can ever look at these movies and say if you didn't see the previous one, I don't think that should be a criteria, because Nobody's going into it without having seen the others, at least knowing what happened. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone that would be like, "Oh, we'll go see the new Avengers." I haven't seen any other Marvel movie. <laughs> like, who the fuck's doing that? Who the fuck's doing that? Nobody. Millennials that that didn't that were just like being born in two thousand eight. I mean, both both intros do exactly what they want to do. One sets up a movie that's going to be action packed. The other sets up a more somber movie that has literally like one big battle. I agree. And, and I mean, they both do a great job. I just, I really think it's the beginning of this movie was compensation for Hawkeye not being in the other one, even though it's not bad. Like I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. Would you say I that? Just, sorry. Would you say that a lot of this movie was, be, was compensation or I can't even say the word compensation, compensation for other things in, in the MCU? Oh, you already know the answer to that question. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we've dis- we've discussed this. Uh, uh, we'll get to it later. Yeah, we'll discuss that. Let's get into the five year time span because uh, there's a third after you know Lord have mercy the the opening. There's you know in everything. There's a five year time span. Uh, how do you guys feel about this time five year time span? And I'll get to Chris Hawk last because I know there's a, two characters he wants to bring up after the five year time span. Josh. 
do you have an opinion on this or is there anything that bothers you or did you like that? I just, I just heard the fucking mice from babe <laughs> five years later, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, the reason they did it such a big jump was because it wanted, they wanted the effects of what Thanos had done to set in. Like just to go back to the previous discussion real quick. Um, both the, uh, what I have my opinion on for the interest of the movies are one sets up how what Thanos is willing to do to achieve his goal, and one is everyone else feeling the effect of Thanos achieving his goal. So it's like both set up Thanos in a way to where it's like, you know, this is what he's willing to do to fuck you up in Infinity War, and like, oh shit, he actually did it, didn't he? Damn. I feel just as depressed as when I left Infinity War. Now, I think I think the end of the movie... You know, the, the, with a lot of people have had uh, a problem with some of the people who have come back after at the end of the movie because it doesn't make sense with what's going on society or functional society wise. Or like Peter Parker still being in high school, even though all of his classmates have graduated. Supposedly, yeah. Or did Ned get snapped or did he not get Ned, snapped type Ned, of thing? Ned did get snapped. Ned, Ned did Ned get, get snapped. snapped. Okay, because that got snapped. That makes more sense. Uh, John, do you have any rebuttal about the five-year time span, or did you think that was a logical thing to do? I I think it makes sense to illustrate uh, what happened in the movie, like the the devastation that we were just discussing. I I do wish that they hadn't led into it after the time skip with Captain America's uh, little support group. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been more interesting to uh, show like uh, how they rebuilt society or like the government or something. Uh, I just I would just be more curious from a world building standpoint what they did to compensate for literally half of the world not existing, like a news yeah. a news channel or something. Yeah, anything. I, I agree. I think the support group was just kind of wasted. I do. I do have a uh, opinion on society, like the society, like when they showed. Uh, all the cars and trash and everything everywhere. It's like you can run a diner. You can run uh what else do they go to that's just like completely fine. Uh but like it's like I guess because there's less people and there's more of these vehicles and trash and stuff that uh they just don't have the time to clean anything up. But won't they figure out a way to try to rebuild everything? Taco Bells still work. <laughs> Taco Bell's will work at any time, a day or night, depending <laughs> on what the situation is. No matter what the situation is. Presumably, they've also built these monuments to literally yeah. half of the planet being uh, removed so suddenly. But yeah, they didn't clean up the streets. Right. That seems like a waste of money. Like, wouldn't... I mean, I guess we have a surplus of money now because... I was half about the, to say, it's not a waste of money. They right. have plenty of it. You have plenty of it now it's because... A, ha- it's a waste of manpower. The, right. The, the way this world works makes my head hurt. <laughs> yeah, because there's like there's just junk everywhere. It almost looks post-apocalyptic, but the way everyone's uh, functioning is not post-apocalyptic. Well, I mean, the human spirit, like, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of um, the best way I can describe this is um, with another tragic event that happened in New York City. Um, kind of like when 9-11 happened, like everyone was like in shock and disarray, you know, like people were actually like, like, you know, like, oh my God, this is happening. And then like the next day we moved on because, you know, if if we had stopped, 
that would have let those the those terrorists know that hey they what they did affected us like really affected us but no the human condition and human spirit is going to keep moving on because that's what we've always done we've moved on to become better yeah and i know in the end credit scene in infinity war you know you see planes crashing into buildings and stuff and i'm sure that would be pretty hard to clean up but it it just seems it just was really odd to me how like a lot of the society seemed to function and still had smartphones and stuff. And the kids were, you uh, know, playing with professor Hawk in the diner that also was very functional and working that they couldn't clean up any trash or, or move hey, any uh, of the cars or anything. Mario, I- I'll tell you what really sold a lot the day after the snap. <laughs> what? Vacuum cleaners. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Just clean that up real quick, Mr. Stark. I'll be out of your way in no time. But speaking of Professor Hawk, Chris Hawk, I know you yeah. wanted to... I know I just, that was one of the I'm, topics you wanted to talk about. I did. What, Pro- I Professor was, Hulk? I was so glad they finally combined Banner and Hulk. Were you really? I thought I was, it was weird. I have, I've wanted this... I've wanted the, the uh, evolution of his character for so long. It happens in the comics where as a smart Hulk... It happens in World War Hulk, and it happens in other times. And I've always wanted it because I feel like you ha- you're missing out a lot sometimes when it's just Hulk and if it's just Banner. But when it's both of them, you got the best of both worlds. John? You also have like 20-second long lingering shots of him making a goofy face because the CGI isn't that great. I don't know how many times. like how, how many shots are there? Where he has like a goofy face and they linger on him. And it's like, why are you doing this? He's always smiling and making some kind of weird, like, hey. Yeah, he was kind of hey. boring. Or how about, how about because of his face, it almost looked like he was flirting with the ancient one. Please stop. <laughs> it was like, I, I'll be stop. honest. You're going to give, you're going to give rule 34 new content, Mario. Stop. I'm pretty sure it's uh, happened way before Mario. So, <laughs> oh, God. None of that. Uh, none of that bothered me at all. So I loved every second of Professor Hulk. How did you feel about his acting? Because I, I feel like his I it was great. His voice doesn't really. I don't know. Uh, it I just bothers me. Maybe they could have made it a little bit deeper with a little bit more baritone, like Hulk. But yeah. uh, I loved every second of it. John, yeah, I'm, my major complaint is the the leaving it on his goofy faces in those shots because it just <laughs> it lingers a couple seconds too long where he makes like he interacts with somebody. <laughs> It just bothers me. Is that and your is that your uh your Peter Dinklage job? <laughs> he, he is. He is the Peter Dinklage of this movie for me. God I, I did what I is, I don't know, what like is his Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> for some background, I saw Infinity War three times in theaters very quickly, and Peter Dinklage kept me going. So <laughs> Where's the handle? <laughs> Give me the handle. Oh my god. I I personally found his voice a little like anything that Mark Ruffalo said in this movie just was really awkward for me personally. I don't know why. Like Professor Hawk was this awkward. I, I mean, guess I was gonna. I, was I just, gonna say just it's the on. most com- it's the most comic booky thing in this movie to me. That's when I saw it. Uh, I was like, this is uh, this yeah, uh. is pure comic book right here. I just thought it was weird and awkward. Like I I guess I personally like Hulk and Banner being separate. I guess I like yeah, the Dr. Like, Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Yeah, the best the best stories, in my opinion, that were made of the Hulk are when, you know, Banner and Hulk are trying to fight over who's in control. 
Um, I mean, but that's been every single movie. Let's move on. Ah. Yeah, but prof- again, Professor Hulk, like to me, like I understand why people why people would love it, and I and I'm not gonna say I hate Professor Hulk because I don't. It makes sense, but it, correct me if I'm wrong. Because okay, because again, in Infinity War, he was to me he was boring. Like he he even though he had the strength, he knew he knew his limits. He knew how like how far he could push himself. But he he even said it when they went back when when they uh, did the thing. He was like, I don't like smashing, but okay. He like just gently hits a car. And he goes, Err. I'm like, fuck you. Can I can I ask a question, Croissant? Yeah. Do you do you not feel that it was all Bruce Banner with a Hulk body? Yeah, I mean, because they I, really I didn't they really didn't utilize him in. That's I don't remember. I I don't yeah, remember I him in any of the uh, fighting scenes. Like, I see how you wanted him. Like, you want this, but I just feel like there wasn't enough Hulk there to warrant the like the true fusion that he was trying. He was portraying, and I think that's what Mario is trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Understandable. Um, I- I'm just happy that it this something like this is in the comic is in the movie because I never thought it would happen because it's so weird. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I think, though, it would have made a little bit of sense, at least to me personally, like, you know, at the end of when they're fighting Thanos again, like, like he like Hulk just like Hulk just takes control one last time and just like beats the fuck out of Thanos because we never got to see that rematch. We never got to see, you know, Hulk versus Thanos part two. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get the we'll get the Thanos. But the, the next thing that I have in my notes that Chris Hawk wanted to talk about is Fat Thor. In quotations, God damn it, fat. Can door. I tell you guys? God, fucking damn it. Can I tell you guys? This didn't happen in my theater, but it happened in my coworker's <laughs> theater. A woman like shouted. She was like, "No, no!" She got visibly upset because he was fat. Hey, 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 Mario, Mario, Mario. Yes. This fat son of a bitch. Oh He's my fat. god. What's up, fat boy? Um, Chris Hawk, go ahead. This is one of I the still things don't know that how I wanted to. I, st- I, st- I st- this is probably my biggest nitpick about this movie, and I still don't know how I feel about Fat Thor. The whole point of Ragnarok was him dealing with failure. That was the entire point of the movie, and then we have him again acting all like in the doldrums, letting his body go to waste, and it's just, I just I was I don't know, man. I didn't I didn't like it. It was funny because it was Fat Thor. I saw. But I, I, I just saw it kind of ru- it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm sorry to, that I talked over you there. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, I I I saw a thing online that said something about how they thought it was ridiculous that Marvel would go to fat jokes or would go to that <laughs> extent. Like, oh, melted oh, ice cream God. was probably one of the funnier jokes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the other thing. I wanted to mention about Thor is uh, J- I know John wanted to like the uh, John. I know you liked something about Thor though in each of these movies. Oh, well, on Fat Thor, uh, first of all, my dad loved him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> I I think I mean I see where you're coming from, Hawk. Like the whole movie is about him failing, but. And then, like, you know, finding how to deal with that. But if you literally turn around and fail immediately again, that could hit yeah. you even harder. 
which I think is what they were going for. We just don't really get that. You know, we just get the comedy value of it. Yeah, it, it's I almost think I like it's it not one more time. It's it's not played to the factor of he failed and you feel bad for him. It's no, it's, it's just funny. Too, it's comedic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think what made it more comedic is just because we know like this is Thor from like this is the same Thor from Ragnarok. So he has that comedic uh, delivery. And because I think, um, John, you're right, because that, that's literally what I was about to say is that, you know, People fail more than once in life. Like it just shows him more like learning and building as a character that he's failed more than once now. But they fucking as soon as I saw him before even before the actual joke was even made, I went, "Oh my god!" He turned into the he turned into the dude. Oh, that was uh, that was a most definite uh, resemblance in each scene he was in that they made him look like Jeff Bridges. Yeah. There was something else I wanted to mention about Thor, but I don't remember. Um, oh, beer money. The whole time I was did, thinking did about I, beer I money. Like, beer money. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, you know what, guys? Uh, George could uh, cosplay as Thor and no one would blink. I yeah, exactly. This was George. Every time, every time something happened that was ridiculous, <laughs> I was like, George. <laughs> Uh, John, uh, you uh, really liked a lot of the uh, the env- environmental scenes with him and and his uh, yeah I think, lightning effects. I think Thor has some of the most cinematic uh, between the two movies, but has some of the most cinematic like gear up to fight scenes just with the lightning in the sky. Oh my! Goodness. Like when he's powering up to fight Thanos, when there's the three of them, like at the end there. I mean, he's still fat. I appreciated that. He never had like a, a training montage. I really appreciated that. But like when the, the, the storm rolls in and as he slowly lights up, I think that's like those shots when you can see the scenery in the background is some of the best stuff and like that they do with Thor. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that was, those are very well done and they look really good. I agree. Uh, the next thing I wanted to bring up and me and Chris Hawk had the same mindset was that this is uh, one of the darkest MCU movies, if not the darkest, uh, in the sense of uh, like its tone. Do you guys agree that it is the darkest MCU movie, Josh? Mm, yes and no. The reason it's it's dark is because of how in uh in the game because of how Infinity War ended. Like Infinity War ended very dark. Like oh shit, the villain actually won for once. Like damn, um. It it, it kind of hits you, but I, I mean, like I feel like I feel like Infinity War had dark moments, like you, like you, like it was still an Avengers movie, but because it had that same you know like lightheartedness to it, but there was like this overwhelm, like overarching presence of like of like doom, and you're like, oh shit, like I have a bad feeling that this is not gonna end well, this is not gonna end well for anyone involved, and then yeah, watching Endgame, it, it's it's not, it's it's. In ter- like it's not DCEU like beginnings dark like it's not that dark. Um, well, we never well, go that dark. On, hold on to that because I'm going to ask a question after this discussion. But uh, they did cut off a head. Uh, there was blood that squirted up. Uh, there was multiple swear words. <laughs> Thor was making up for lost time. There's there's a lot of uh, I want to say gore, but there's more visible gore or wounds in this movie. Uh, Chris Hawk, this was one of the things that 
you mentioned as well uh opinions um dark as in emotional wise i would say yes there's there's i think the acting of everyone in the in the movie was elevated they showed all the emotions after the 5 year gap you can just tell that everyone is just tired they are they are beaten they are downtrodden so down in emotional and dark as an emotional, I think 100% it's one of the darkest movies. Because during the entire time of Infinity War, the heroes still thought they could win. So it really wasn't that dark of a movie until the very, very end. John? I unfortunately disagree. I see, darkness to me, uh, and, and I, I see where you're coming from, uh, is not death and it's not uh, violence. Uh, darkness to me is real human problems that result in uh, depression and addictions and other things like that that the movie clearly doesn't deal with. So it's not dark to me. It is one of the more, uh, I don't know what the, violent, I guess. And uh, I guess if you're thinking of dark from a standpoint of Marvel movies, sure, it's dark. But death just isn't dark to me anymore at this point. I don't know. There's there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, He's numb to it. Are are you talking about the five year gap? You don't think that was dark? Uh, no, because what I, all I get is a Captain America support group. That's all I get to illustrate. No, I'm talking. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm, talk, I'm talking about like um Black Widow having to keep the Avengers together. You know, she starts crying while eating and stuff like that. None of that. There's not having enough. anxiety attacks. Chris Hawk wants to know emotionally. Do you think it was very gloomy? That's what I was. I was. That's what I was talking. I mean, yeah, sure, there is a somber tone, but I wouldn't say that makes a movie dark because it's like the the tone is depressing. You, there's not enough with yeah. the characters for them to illustrate that they're struggling. So, with that though, I did I did want to ask because I I uh, we're looking at darker two perspectives, and and it all kind of meshes together, kind of. Uh, I know Josh just brought it up about how dark the DCEU is and people joke about how DC is dark. Do you think that the MCU took a went to a level that the DCEU hasn't gone to and and maybe a little bit further in this movie that maybe people can maybe ease up on DC? Like even with Endgame, their version of dark was still campy compared to how dark DC EU was to start off with. <laughs> it was still fucking. We're talking about like it didn't go dark; it went gray. Endgame is a gray, okay? Like DC went to the darkest trench pits of hell and was like, "This is how dark we're gonna be," and it's like, "What the fuck? Why?" But I mean, in recent years, especially with Shazam and Aquaman, they've been more lighthearted. Like they're in that gray area now that Endgame is that Endgame went to. Um, had to crawl out of the trenches to get there, but I still say that the beginning DCEU is going to be the probably darker than any Marvel movie, including, you know, w one with the name Dark in it, Thor Dark World. It's definitely darker than that. Uh, John? I mean, again, I think there's there's two definitions here mm -hmm. being, being used. And, I mean, like, lately, I mean, Josh just said, brought up, DC hasn't been very dark. Um, they have tried to do real problems, and I—I I mean, if we're talking, I'm—if I'm referring to tone, and just like what is dark to me, uh, yeah. like Iron Man's alcohol addiction, 
like and him him like that personal yes. storyline that's that's yes that's dark because i can see him struggle with it i just don't have enough of the characters like struggling with losing these people because of the time skip i think i think that's the problem I, that i wouldn't say it's that dark it does have a very somber and sad tone but darkness to me is not the same thing if if I can real quick, I want to ask John this, John, uh, because I was actually I actually told that to Mario a few days ago, like you know, we would never see that in a Disney made Marvel film, you know, Tony handling alcohol addiction, but I think the closest we'll ever come to that was how he was in Iron Man three with uh, having panic and anxiety attacks like all the time, like yeah, and it's I'm, still that's, that's the closest we're gonna get to that type of storyline. It, it yeah, it definitely is. I mean. I don't really like Iron Man 3, but that is the one thing I do like about Iron Man 3 is we get to see a, a personal like problem he has to deal with. Presumably, he's had to deal with in the previous movies as well. It just wasn't illustrated well. Right, because um, in the previous two movies, he had to, he's had to deal with people just in robotic suits with robotic parts. While after post-Avengers, he's like, oh shit, there's, there's definitely something powerful out there that can kill us. Well, that's going to be on my mind now. Yeah, and again, in, in Endgame, like, he does have the the darkest plot, I think, because you get a lot of his, like, what he has to deal with. He has to consider sacrificing this daughter he has for the greater good, and I think that's a, a very good line, but there's not enough development there because of how much is going on. Well, it's like, I, I like, when they, like, when they go to see him about, hey, we have a possible way to undo Thanos' Thanos's, uh, snap, it's like, I just, it just dawned on me, like, he... When he gets back to Earth, he looks. The first thing he says to Cap is, "I lost the kid," and I think it, but it was a definite thing on his conscience. Like he's like, you know, I already, I already lost one kid that wasn't even mine. Like I can't afford to lose, you know, one that's my own flesh and blood at this point. You know, like I have a family now. Like this yeah. is precious. This is precious to me. I do think they they could have played on that a little bit, but you know, the movie was already so long, and there's so much going on. You you couldn't really stand on that and have him sit there and decide, you know, to join the battle later. So he, they had to they had to do it the way they did it. Uh I did I did want to I we do have to there's a lot to cover. So I know John and I had a in-group chat debate about uh <laughs> the Black Widow movie. Uh John, would you say cuz we're talking about, you know, them not covering everything or, you know, bringing certain things to light because there's a lot going on. Uh, John, can you give us your opinion on Black Widow as a character throughout the MCU? Because I think this is a good thing to bring up. So the the original conversation between Mario and I was, uh, what is the point of the Black Widow movie? And I I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the character of Black Widow is something people want to see. Number one, a lot of people don't like Scarlett Johansson. I understand that. Number two... Black Widow as a character has done literally nothing in most of the Avengers movies. She's been a side character. I think the movie needs to be made because of their treatment of Black Widow. The Black Widow character has been on the sidelines and in the background as literally one of the original Avengers and the only main female Avenger. But she's done nothing. She's had no compelling storylines. She's had no... Uh, meaningful storyline that wasn't like a love interest to something that was scrapped immediately because people didn't like it, and rightfully so because it's it's a cop out, honestly. Like to have her be a love interest multiple times, and then they try to fix it, and then they try to redeem her by killing her, but then her death is overshadowed. Like the character has never had the treatment it deserves, so at least give her a movie to try to prove that. 
I mean, that's that's all I want from Black Widow, because the character has done nothing in all these movies. She could not be there, and it would have never changed my opinion of the movie, because she never does anything. I because I, listen, I'm ready to come out swinging with that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I kind of boiled my blood a bit. I don't see yeah. why. Not, I don't see why. Why couldn't he rebuttal? I mean, we have all the time. Okay, Josh, go ahead rebuttal. So. I have I know a lot of people that actually Black Widow is one of their favorite characters of all the Avengers. Um and you know, out of every woman in the MCU, like people have been begging for a Black Widow movie for the longest, uh, ever since her introduction in Iron Man 2, or at least the Avengers. Um she's been slowly developed bit by bit, in my personal opinion, and a few other people I know's opinion as well. She's been slowly built up through these movies, like her appearance in Iron Man 2 is her introduction, Avengers and Winter Soldier, and you can say, and I agree that the uh, the romance between her and Hulk was uh, heavy-handedly forced, but um, it still gave backstory, and it, we, we actually got to see a little bit of Natasha Romanoff's uh, upbringing in, this, in Russia. Um, if anything, that's probably what it'll be now is a prequel, obviously, However, I don't see it being a um something that like should happen just for the sake of happening for a character. I think it will definitely be well deserved because out of again, out of every woman in the MCU, um, she's probably the most beloved. Just just because of like what she brought to the table way before, you know, Captain Marvel or even um any before any of them. She was she was there at the front lines. Now, Josh, I'm going to ask you, do you think Valkyrie did more in Thor Ragnarok and this movie than Black Widow has done in like 10 movies? No. This is this is about to be a two-parter. We're going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> why? I, okay. Now, someone explain to me why Valkyrie in one movie did more than Black Widow. Because, first of all, we don't see a lot of what she does. Like, for like... Here, like I would love, just but like, there's you know, more when- background story on her and what she was, and you know, in Avengers we just know that she's a spy, or Iron Man two we know she's a spy, and we know, and they keep, and John even brought this up in our argument that we had that you know they keep referencing Budapest, but we don't know what Budapest is or what happened during Budapest. And that's and something you can bring up in in her own movie, exactly. But I'm saying throughout the whole movies, I, I I guess I would argue how is she the most beloved? But that's a different argument for a different day. And, and that's, that's not my argument. My argument isn't that people don't like her. And it's not that she doesn't deserve a movie. I, I just said she deserves a movie. My argument is she hasn't done anything of value because of their treatment of the character. They kill her off. There are two lines about her death. And people are they, her death motivates male heroes. That's that's a classic trope, and one that is like anti-feminist. Like it's it's anti-women. You're using a woman, killing her off to motivate a male character. And, and if Hawkeye would have died, they would have been motivated by Hawkeye's death as well. I understand you're saying it's fridging, but I don't. I personally don't think it is. Like because Hawkeye, if Hawkeye died, that would have made her care. Like especially. You know, Black Widow herself, that would have made her more motivated than ever. Like, oh, I'm going to fuck Thanos up so bad. Either way, either way. I don't think her death was motivating. They already had a plan to begin with, and they already were sticking to the plan. I do feel like her death was for herself, though. She died for her family, which was the Avengers. 
That's that's what all the Avengers movies were all about her becoming part of the team. That's what the story was for her. You know, of course they ship her off with Hulk, which was not very good. That's the one movie thing. They put her in the front lines, which she is makes where out she with should've... Captain America. Well, that was a yeah. elevator. That was a yeah, that uh, was like that was, that was a, a disguise spy thing. The spy scene, yeah. They put her in the front lines. She is a spy. That is the last place she should be. So I agree, they have underutilized her. But I don't think her death was worthless or it had nothing to do or it was motivation for the main characters because they already had motivation before her death. Why doesn't she get a funeral? Why don't why doesn't she get more than two lines about her death? She, there's tell, two lines I'm, of dialogue. I'm not the director. I, I'm telling you, they killed her off I, I, to redeem the character. Like, I, I don't like, think it was. I feel, I feel like in the in the director's cut, there there has to be more about her. Like, I'll agree with the funeral part because me and my friends talking about like where the fuck is Black Widow's memorial? But I'll agree with that part. But I do believe like just for time's sake, they cut down a lot of that. Um, just because again, because they wanted to keep it at least at three hour. Because I would not uh, argue with a four hour movie, but a lot of people might. <laughs> I I think that I see I was thinking the whole scene that Hawkeye was going to sacrifice himself because he wanted to be with his family and I thought that would have made the most sense but I you know I I think that Hawkeye as a character throughout the thing is more uh well A is cooler he does cooler things you know from an action standpoint he actually does something yeah, he actually does, and, and he does. He, he he does more of the work, and and you get more of him because he has a family. So I think that it made sense for them to kill off the character of Black Widow because of like what John was saying. There wasn't much. There's not much. They don't give us much for her to begin with. But you there's know, not much of Hawkeye either. He's not more developed. I could say he's more underdeveloped than Black Widow. Yeah, but you get you can relate to him more because he has a family. I mean, the only thing you can relate to Black Widow is in this movie, I think, it because her friends are her family. Because to me, my friends are my family. Chris Hawk, John, you know, and Josh, you, everyone, all of my friends are my family. So I related to her in this movie alone. But I think I related to Hawkeye more in the sense that before this movie. So it was devastating that, that, you know, she finally got her moment because I thought when she cried during the one scene talking the cap, I thought that was the best thing they ever did for the character was give her emotion. Her and Hawkeye, it's, it's, I think it's mostly because it was Hawkeye because you can tell just by how they act around each other, the, char- the, the characters do that. Yeah, her they have history. Like you, you could tell that in the first Avengers movie, these characters have history together and. I think more than anything, it's gonna be if the, if the, when the black if the Black Widow movie is made, um, that it's definitely gonna focus on one part of it is gonna be uh, her relationship with Hawkeye. Now I hope it's not a buddy cop type of thing, like kind of how Captain Marvel was with say, with Fury and with with Captain Marvel. I think she she should just have her own standout movie because you could definitely make like a spy yeah, I espionage. Agree. If it's you could make a you could make a spy James Bond esque espionage movie with Black Widow, and that'd be fucking badass. That's something the MCU has not seen. I think it should just be her. If it's just going to be a movie about her, it's her title. I don't think there should be Hawkeye or, you know, maybe you can have Nick Fury give her a mission or something, but I think it should just be Hawkeye. If anyone was going to be in it, it would be Winter Soldier because they have history. Well, that again, that's a... But that's um, not alluded to in any of the movies. And that pisses me off so much that it's not. 
I really wanted that to be a thing. That would be a weird thing to do. Like maybe erase her memory. I don't know. Disney's against relationships, apparently. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention real quick about that? Or should we move on to the next thing? If there's going to be a part two, we can do it in part two. Because I'll okay. have more. I'll have more to say. Because I, I know you're, you're constrained for time, Mario. So if there is a part two, hopefully there is. I'll have more to say about this. John? No comment. Okay. Uh, now, Chris Hogg, you sent me this as well. Best cameo. Are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Any of any when they went back in uh, with the infinite when they went back through the quantum tunnel and they went back to those <laughs> they used it, which was the best cameo of the people they met in those times? That's what, oh. that's my question. Oh, so you're asking us that. OK. Um, oh, yeah, because 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 uh, you're talking about like, was it Stan Lee, Pecky Carter or Howard Stark? No. OK, so or Loki, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, Loki, the uh, ancient, the, uh, the ancient one, Thor's mom, Tony's dad, Hank Pym, I mean, Peggy. What was your guys' favorite cameo? Josh. So mine is going to be a little bit here and there. I was I was happy to see uh, Michael Douglas's. Um, Just say one. Hank. <sighs> Stanley. Just because right. it's his it's his last one, and god damn it, I'm gonna miss him. John being in these movies. What are my options here? I forgot. <laughs> any of the any any of the cameos that popped up when they went back in time. So any of the recurring characters that showed up that weren't part of the current timeline. Uh, come back to me. Let me think about it. I I I want to say Stanley because I like the the enough said sticker. You know, alluding to the Spider Man three quote. And I like that, you know, it looked like it was basically him from the 70s. Oh, that was just his catchphrase, though. Enough said was just his catchphrase. Oh, well, I just figured his only catchphrase was Excelsior. But no, uh, <laughs> it's, it was like a, it was like a Marvel thing where it's like, uh, hey, this thing is action packed. It basically would like show all the things that are in a comic. And at the bottom, it'd say enough said. Well, when he was editor and he, he would uh, answer letters from readers, he would say enough said at the end. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I guess that's alluding to that then in Spider-Man 3 when he says it. Yep. Uh, I would have to say maybe the ancient one, because I really like that scene of Banner and her talking. Chris Hawk? What, what you- I'm going to agree. I think the, the ancient one is probably what, the scene I keep on going back to in my mind when I rewatch the movie in my mind is the ancient one and Bruce Banner scene. I just I think it actually elevates the Doctor Strange movie a little bit. How she's utilized the time stone, how she, you know, she can see current events, future events, past events with the time stone, and how she already knows Doctor Strange is going to be a part of their lives, and the amount of hope that she instills in Bruce. I just think it's one of the best scenes of the movie, in my opinion. John, do you have one yet? Uh, I do like that scene, uh, specifically when she realizes. Like why he did what he did. Like that's yeah. the best part of the movie. It's like okay, I go, this is believable. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, enough said. I, I, I would say, uh, fucking Korg from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, Korg and Meeks. Oh God, yes, yes. I, I didn't fucking, know that was. I'm option. so pissed off that Fortnite is in the movie. Yeah, but otherwise, you know, <laughs> I like that cameo. Come on, man. We got to keep with the trends, yo. Got to date the movie. That's what we got to that, do. Okay, Gosh, that's another thing. It. So there's functioning servers. 
and stuff, <laughs> but they can't pick up the damn trash on the side of the street. <laughs> Listen, man, do you know how complicated it is to run a server? Oh, my God. Speaking of them going back in time and all these cameos popping up, uh, we know that, you know, Homecoming online, people had a lot of issues with the timeline and, and you know, them having to reconstruct, I would feel like, the, the time frame of each movie because of that. Or retcon a lot of shit. Yeah, or retcon a bunch of shit too. And you know, obviously going back with Captain Marvel and stuff. And I'm sure John still has the. How come she didn't age? But she's uh, alien. How do you guys she's think she's traveling they, at the speed of light? How do you think they? <laughs> how do you, all you gotta do, you gotta do is tell me sound. that. Yeah, all you gotta do is reference it. <laughs> how do you? She's <laughs> traveling at the speed of light. <laughs> how do? You, how do you think they handled time travel in this movie? Uh, so the the yeah, best go. thing I'm gonna, I'm just gonna answer mine. I'm sorry. Oh okay, my go god. Go ahead. Go ahead. The best thing they did about handling time travel was make it not actually time travel, and they actually introduced the multiverse to the MCU. So what they did was it's not really time travel. What? Where they're going is it's not. It's not time travel per se. The ancient one and Bruce both speak on it when she's talking about the branching. When you go back to this new past, that. The previous, your present is now your past, and now the past that you're in is now your future. You change. It's not. You get it. I need a. I need Tylenol. <laughs> My head hurts. So it's not like a closed loop, or a predestin a predestination time travel. It's not like Back to the Future where. Oh my god. No way, because because no, I'm thinking because I saw an article that said all the Disney Plus shows are gonna be post Endgame. So Which makes sense. Every time they go back in time, they're creating new timelines. This is one of my favorite parts in the movie is the fact that they explain it to you so people can't be like, well, why don't they just go back in time and fix it? Right. Because it, it, it makes so everything. much sense. I really yeah. appreciate that scene. They used actual physicists to make the time travel work in this movie, and that's what they did. They made it so that if you change something in the past, a completely new timeline was created and they talk about this in Doctor Strange. They talk about this in um, what? There's another movie they talk about it in. Uh, I forget. But they talk about the multiverse, and now there's a possibility that there's going to be more than one universe in the MCU. It would explain why on the Disney, like again on Disney Plus, they're doing the what ifs. Like that could be alternate dimensions. And uh, apparently the Loki, the I fucking love how the Loki Disney Plus show is basically him escaping with the Space Stone. That's that's pretty much what it is. That's so what they, in, ter uh, in terms of actual time travel that works, this is the best example of how it would actually work. When Doctor Strange yeah, I, says he has, he saw 14 million different timelines, he's looking at all the other alternate realities that didn't work. And so they basically traveled to those alternate realities. Yeah, I, I get it. So you, it's like you pull a person out of the past and like when you bring them to the future like Thanos did, you didn't change your current future, but you're changing that current, you're changing that past because what happened in your time, what happened in your future already happened. I need, I <laughs> but what happened in that past <laughs> is now changed. So that becomes a different alternate timeline. I, I, need a a, I, need, I need a chalkboard. <laughs> I need a chalkboard. I have a question for Chris Hawk. Yes. 
um, if Doctor Strange saw 14 million timelines and only one of them they went in, what happens to the other timeline where there is no Thanos now? It's a great question because they win. there should be two. Yeah. Right. So what about all the other Doctor Stranges that saw uh, a way to win their realities? What's going to happen to all them and stuff? So, so what I hope they do is they do the the uh, incursion storyline from uh, Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers and New Avengers and where all the alternate realities were, cla- were crashing in on each other and they didn't know why. But I, I don't recent? have an I don't have an answer for you, John, because not even I don't even know. Yeah, it was just one thing I thought about. I was like, wait a minute, if there's no Thanos in that other universe, then two universes won. I mean, I was going to ask about the old man Cap timeline where he goes back and you know basically stays in in the uh, in the past and stuff. But the best I, ending. I feel like that'd be so confusing to even get into because so of how that's m- awesome. They. Oh, I didn't want to. Sorry, Mario. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I was pretty much done anyway. So what, you are right that there are two caps in that timeline. There's Frozen and Time Cap, and there's Peggy Carter Cap. Yeah. But he's in a different, completely different universe than our universe, the MCU universe. Yeah. So, but then how is Old Cap in the current universe? Uh, they have said, what was it? What's their exact words? I know they said something about that it's it's that's something we could explore later. Right. That is they said there's some cool things that are happening there that leave it up to your imagination and stuff like that. Would uh Captain America get mad about his girl being with the Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she never I, says her husband's name when he's watching that uh information about Peggy Carter. He, she never says she just says my husband. What if he's changed so much that she doesn't even know? You're going down a path I can't follow. Oh my god! It, uh, that's a that's a a movie that we'll get into in another day. But you turned her against me. <laughs> what, you did that yourself. I, the one thing I did have about the old man Cap timeline was, do you, how hard would it be for Cap to not get involved in the reoccurrence of everything? So I think. The Russo brothers have confirmed that he actually did help, still help as Captain America. Just without the shield. Well, wait, no, with the shield. Because he had to bring the new shield to the timeline. Wait, because the, the old the, shield wait. broke. Right. So, hold on, hold on. Are, so are he di- the, what's sorry. up? I was going to say, are we talking about like when Cap goes back in time and stays yeah, with, with Peggy? He, right. He when he, go, he, he still, the Russo brothers have said that he still helps out. That's all they said is they, that he helps out. Agent Rogers. My draft picks. <laughs> oh, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, CG suits and helmets. And, and I know I've had this gripe for a while that I hate the CG helmets. I Because especially when Ant-Man or Iron Man, their he- the mask goes up and you can see their head bobble, but the, the physical CGI thing around their head doesn't and it kind of looks a little wonky to me and the especially like the new avenger suits they were definitely cgi because you can tell by the neckline and you can tell like the dark thing they added on the neckline and how their head moved and neck moved and the suit didn't so i i i I think that's a little weird and this is why how much i appreciated shazam 
and Aquaman, well, Aquaman, I think the the suit was semi CGI too, but Shazam, the suit was real. And I, and I totally appreciate that. But my, like that just, it pulls me out of the scene because it's so noticeable to me. And what do you want them to fix it? Like Sonic the Hedgehog (laughs) (laughs) or just get, or just make a real suit. You know, I don't know. Um, and the only thing, the other thing I was going to bring up, like I always bring up, is I think that it's funny how episode one, two, and three CGI paved the way for the MCU. So, uh, is there any, do you guys have any gripes or anything about CGI except for, you know, John said about the Hawk face? Gotta say, I did notice the helmets a lot. I, I mean, I notice it, but it doesn't bother me, like to the extent it bothers you. Uh, cause I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I like to look at the uh, like the backgrounds and stuff a lot. So a lot of times when people are talking like in suits or whatever, like I'm looking at the whole scenery and not focusing on one spot. So I think I can take myself away from it. But I could I can easily understand how you it's like it takes you out of the scene because I mean it is noticeable to me anyway. Yeah, I didn't notice it. I was focused on all the amazingness that was happening in the foreground. Um, but I don't mean like I don't think. Th- like one of the, I'm assuming one of them that, that we're talking about is like Thanos's helmet. Uh, well, no, not really, because Thanos is all CGI, so it doesn't that doesn't really bother me. But like Ant Man's not a real person. <laughs> Ant Man's face in the mask you, is noticeable when it goes up, and you can see it around his head. Uh, it's noticeable like on the new Avenger suits. Um, it's definitely noticeable on uh Iron Man too. Uh, Absolutely on Iron Man, I can agree. And uh, it, it's just, it's just, you know, especially Spider Man in his suit too, because of the how the neck almost looks like it's, it, it just doesn't flow right with the body movement. So because it's stiff, you know, where the body is moving different ways, and you, and so it it interact, it doesn't interact right in the in the coloring of the, the dark colors to make it look like it sits on the neck, you know, the shading, it, it's just very noticeable to me. And it, it takes me out because it, it's, it is, it, it's weird or awkward to me. You know what CGI I really do like? Which CGI? Uh, and this, this is the only thing I really like from uh, the second Ant-Man movie is I really like Wasp going in and out of uh, being big and small. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I, uh, I really like that. I just because it's done so quickly, it's like in out in out the way she fights. It's yeah. so good. I re- I really love that. But I mean, I think the 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 thing you have to think about, uh, Josh. I think why it bothers Mario so much is if you're wearing a really tight suit, when you move your like body slightly, it's going to move with you, and it doesn't a lot. <laughs> it's just a subtle move. It doesn't move, right. and I think Mario is keying in on that, and it bothers him. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I remember watching a Graham Norton interview with uh, or yeah, interview with uh, Josh Brolin and Ryan Reynolds. And Josh was like, you know, for Deadpool, like that's him in the suit. Like he got where he got fit enough to fit in that damn thing. Whereas on Avengers, like people aren't really working out or keeping in shape like they're supposed to. And that's where the, that's because they're CG'd. And I'm just like, damn, that that actually kind of makes me sad. What if Thor actually was fat the entire time? It was just CG? <laughs> that man is not fat. <laughs> yeah, that man works out every damn day uh the next thing i want speaking of thanos uh i mean the cgi on thanos is really good um i wanted to talk about him as a character and stuff but i i also wanted to mention i think his the way his power level is i think it's ridiculous because even without the stones 
it, it's the we so in all the MCU movies, it, it starts out like Avengers. I will say that Josh Whedon did a good job at having everyone, you know, maybe he lost a little bit in Avengers two, but in the first Avengers and, you know, a lot of the movies leading up to Avengers two, the way they handled power level and stuff and, and made it make sense to like, you know, a person with guns kind of has their chooses their battles versus the people who can actually take uh, certain fights with certain things. It, it made sense to me where it kept after that, it kept building and it's like, okay, this person's super powerful, but then we got to make this guy super powerful. But then certain scenes he can, you know, like Infinity War, Thanos instantly is like, Thor's like, you know what? I like instantly gets that guy, the confidence. He's got the thing in his chest. You know, you, you're like, if anyone's going to beat this guy up with a gauntlet on, it's it's Thor. But in this one, it's almost like it, it, he he can take on all three. You know, he, he can take on so much. And I have a theory. I, 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 I just feel like the power levels in the MCU fluctuate so much and change and, and, you know, get higher and higher and higher for each character that when you bring it back down for another movie and build someone up higher, it, it doesn't uh, sit well with me, you know, and I, I feel like Thanos shouldn't be as strong as certain people because of what we have seen. But then, you know, you, you make them, it, 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 you know what I mean? Like it fluctuates and and how strong some people get in certain movies it's just if, ridiculous to me could, could i interject real quick go ahead so in the in the in terms of thanos um even in the comics he is very very powerful he is he is that's why they call him the mad titan he is one of the most powerful be- beings in the universe um i i kind of take credit to part of that being uh him being a Let's be honest here. He's kind of a low key ripoff of Darkseid. Well, he, he kind of is. A I feel little like bit. I feel like Darkseid's a little stronger than Thanos. Oh, he most definitely is. He, Darkseid made Thanos his bitch in that death battle. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like in Infinity War it's done well because you know you, it builds him up and you're like he he's a threat. He, he mostly uses the stones in Infinity War, whereas in well, Endgame. We never seen him like except for the time he fucking you know beat the shit out of the Hulk in the beginning of the movie. He mostly uses the stones because he has them to his ability. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna use the stones." That's like saying if you had a gun, you're not gonna use it in a fight. Yeah. Well, so and that and but in and like I said in Endgame, he doesn't have the stones yet, so it would make sense for him to rely on his combat training that he has had. That's why he has like the double wielded sword, kind of looking like the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Nightwalker. But do you think are, his his combat so, training can take on Thor, uh, Iron Man's all Iron Man's beams, absolutely. and Captain America? Even though yes. I don't think Captain America should be as strong as as an Iron Man suit that can do what the new Iron Man suit can do, and well, uh, the God of Thunder. But I mean, uh, as, 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 as sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I I just I don't know. I I I, I go ahead. Have Chris, a theory. Sorry. Okay, so. All throughout Infinity War, we see Thanos using the gauntlet, and we see the toll it takes on him. So at the end of Infinity War, Thanos is kind of, he's kind of dwindled a little bit. He looks, he looks tired from using the gauntlet. So what we see in Endgame, we see a fresh Thanos that hasn't used the gauntlet. The stones tire him out. So he's at full 100% Thanos at Endgame. So I think 100% not using the stones Thanos could take on... Tony, Thor, and Cap. Where we see the Infinity War Thanos, 
he's taken a toll on his body and everything because he's been using the stones continuously. And we know that they almost killed the Hulk. They kill Tony. They take a toll on whoever uses them. So I think the power level of Thanos in Infinity War is a little bit less than the Thanos in Endgame just because of the fact that using the stones actually takes a toll on you and weakens you. That's a very good point, Chris Hawk. That's a very, very good point. And valid as well. Uh, I see. It's, it's just for, for the cap part, Mario, because I understand, like, I know you're a big Captain America guy, but uh, yeah. that's, just a very, that's just a very iconic scene from the, when the actual Infinity Stones and all that were in the comics was Cap, even though this, this man who has basically the powers of a god in his hand, he's still, like, standing strong saying, no, I'm not going to surrender. Well, that's... I'm going to go to John in a second, but I, I don't know. I just, throughout the whole MCU, I just, I feel like the power levels have fluctuated up and down and it, it just, it just, uh, that's one of the things that bugs me about the MCU. But, uh, John, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I see where you're coming from. Cause I, I also agree with you. Uh, and I see Chris Hawk's point, but again, it's not illustrated in the movie well because we don't have enough of Thanos like we have these two movies one where he's using all the stones and one where he's like basically this god that you almost feel like he didn't need them like he didn't need them to beat them yeah and, and there's two different illustrations of him and it's the same it's the same kind of uh, lack of information that makes people and this is not a joke like people really think this that all the infinity stones can do is like get rid of half of the population of the universe like no, people do- think people think they can that's all they can do because that's all the movies show you they can do. And like add together, that's what they do. That there's nothing else they do together. Like people really think that. Like if you go on the internet, you can find people talking about it. They're like, I didn't realize they could do other things. Like I I didn't know you could get rid of Thanos and his people specifically. It's it's be it's just a lack of information because we only have these two movies as a reference. If if I can make a comparison, and this is gonna be pretty this is probably gonna piss some people off, but I'm gonna make this comparison. As far as the Infinity Stones go, they're kind of, they're kind of, sort of, a little bit like the Dragon Balls, sort of, in the sense of whoever holds them can pretty much do whatever they want. I know there's certain rules for the Dragon Balls, but there's that same type of, you know, oh shit, I have this power in my hand, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And I think those people that are looking, like, that, oh, I, the people that you were just mentioning, John, I think those have to be, like, average movies, just, like, pe- they didn't they didn't read the comics, they didn't know any of the source material beforehand, they just been watching these movies, I think those have to be those people, because if it's comic book fans, they know better than that. Yeah. Oh, it, of course it is, but that that's a large majority of the people watching these movies aren't, are people that haven't seen the comics, you know? You got, you got to do at least some due diligence in explaining things to them. You can't have everything only for the people that have gone deeper into the material or we start going into like new star Wars movies where shit isn't explained because you didn't read the book. Can I just say that I am so glad we are done with the infinity stones. The infinity stones are so overpowered and they're such a dose ex machina. I just, I do. I'm so glad we're moving away from them now. However, it was a great way to start off this universe. I mean, when you shoehorn in some stones into some movies and make the movies just about the stones, you kind of ruin the characters a little bit. We, I mean, are the, Thor- are the stones MacGuffins? Uh, they definitely were. <laughs> I mean, so uh, I guess as a question from me to y'all, because um, it obviously has to be a question that we have to ask. What, what's next? 
after the, after this? Like, who's the big baddie? I have Are theories. We, oh, hold on, but... hold on, hold on. Are we there yet, Mario? What other questions we got? Uh, well, John brought up the Infinity Gauntlet mis- power misconception there, and I I know I understood what he was talking about about the uh, uh, you know, because Infinity War they do illustrate it very well what each stone can do, or, or in a way they do because because yeah, he uses their power right after he gets them. Yeah, and it's not individual stones; it's them all together. I think people don't realize that they can do, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, right. I'm just glad we're done with it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know. I know. Uh, John also wanted to mention how strong Captain Marvel is. Talk, still talking oh about power level and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! My favorite part of this conversation. So, so John, are you are you upset at how powerful she is, or just <laughs> can we just? Okay, go ahead, John. Could could she just have like came in slowly to her powers? Like, it's like. No. Zero to two hundred percent. No, and now no. she's so powerful you have to remove her from the movie. Yeah, she she basically became a plot device for this movie. She she did. Not- she she comes in. Mm. She, oh, look, she's gone seven like ninety percent of the movie. She comes in, saves Tony Nebula. That's another. That's a plot device right there. How else are the Avengers going to save? Destroys them too? the ship. Right. I I right. I, I actually told Mario this. Like one on one, I sincerely think, and I'm not saying this because I, I have my own problems with the character, but I'm saying this from a from a from a critical standpoint of just like the story. I think th- um, that she could have not been in this movie, and not that much would have changed. Like you, you could have replaced her fighting Thanos at the end with, like I said, Hulk going savage one last time. And as far as the beginning, I could definitely see um, like Rocket. And because the, they know that they had to know that Tony went into space, they would have definitely been looking for Tony. So well, they, it's could, like, they couldn't get to him, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. They have Captain I, Marvel I think, has the has the ability to get to them. I but, think that Rocket could have made like a ship or something to go and rescue with, him. They don't have the parts on. I don't know. That's Rocket's ifs. pretty cunning. Yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is they made. I think they. I love the character. I I, I like Captain Marvel. I want to see what they do with her. But I have a feeling that they made her too powerful. And if they, and if they, br- I just hope they leave her maybe in the cosmic MCU, because if she's in the, if she's on Earth, she's gonna handle problems very quick, or it's not gonna make sense. She's right. gonna, y'all know the she, that Kevin said that she's gonna be leading the MCU in the future, right? So get ready for a lot more her, of her coming to Earth. Like it's gonna Earth. happen. I have no problem with that. Right. Marvel, Captain Marvel is one of my favorite characters. Like right. I own tons of comics, but it's just the character is too strong. She's it's too, too strong right now to be to deal with like right. minor villains. There's no point in her getting into truffles with street level villains. There's no I, point. I like. Sorry, I I just wanted to interject and say I I liked how they kept her away because that's the only way that would have made sense. You know what I mean? So I, because she is so strong, I think it made sense for them to keep her away, you know, story wise, so that when the, she came in when she was needed. But it it was almost like we need Captain Marvel. I, I mean, I love I love her lines with uh, Peter Parker. That was a great great line oh, right God. there. She she's like very motherly Peter to him. Peter Parker. It was, no. Peter. no, 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 no. Shut up, Josh. No, your mouth. Who's Josh, the, Josh, who, go who ahead. Is, who has seen the mouth. meme of fucking Kevin Hart and like that? Has anyone seen that meme? 
it's like this this woman is handling Kevin Hart, and it says like Spider Man, all of the women Avengers, and Thanos' <laughs> army. <laughs> I know y'all have seen that meme. They made Peter Parker look like a fucking joke. He's a kid, man. He's a kid. He's still a kid. And he no, just, I understand that. He doesn't but know what's it's like, happening. You know, he he literally just took part in. Like it, before he got snapped out of existence, he took part in dealing with a all-powerful he's never, god. He's never been in a war. He's overstimulated. He's a kid. He's barely eighteen. Plausible. Plausible. Oh what, god. What did but the what way did, the way it was handled? It's just like I I didn't appreciate like the way it was handled because Peter Parker's my dude. He's ha- he, like again he's he's never when, been he's never been in this situation why would he do anything differently he does whatever he does what cap tells him to do how much how much do you think he actually did in infinity war he didn't do much he, he stopped thanos no, what from i'm opening, saying though is from closing his hand is, he he has met aliens during he met aliens during infinity war he knows the like what's he kind of knows a little bit what's out there and again i i, I think me i think fighting thanos would be more intimidating than like Captain Marvel coming down at you like fucking Jesus and just like, hey, can you give me the gauntlet? Like that, like, it's just like difference in like power, like again, power levels, but I don't know. I don't, know. Like, I don't just, think he's ever seen he, a flying horse. Are he's you never, saying that he's Jesus never seen a giant sp- is an alien? Never, oh my God. He, <laughs> he met Thanos like yesterday. Right. In his, his timeline. I'm not saying it was aliens, but aliens. Everything is new for Peter Parker right now, and he's he's having a hard time figuring it out. He met Thanos yesterday be, in his timeline. He met. Th- I mean, he basically. literally did. He meets that- him, disappears, comes back. He's immediately the next day. Like that's that's the next day to him, right? <laughs> um, I just I just didn't appreciate like again like how that was was done. But that's that's it's just me. not it. Look. Endgame is not Peter Parker Spider-Man's time yet. We have a whole plethora of movies to make Peter Parker the star of the damn MCU, but right now he's a freaking kid, and he needs you. to learn how to become a damn adult before he becomes the best superhero of all time, Spider-Man. That, okay? that may or may not happen, Chris, because apparently Sony's, like, something's going on with the Sony deal. Um, and marries Mary of, Jane. Oh, so the actual Mary Jane shows up. Good to know. Um... <laughs> We get our redhead. Good, awesome. I love it. No, uh, Zendaya, redhead no, is uh, Mary no, Jane for life. No, yeah, she's I mean, not. sorry, sorry, Josh, you you lost this one. Kirsten Zendaya. Dutz, Kirsten Dutz, all day. Zendaya. What's next? What's next, Mario? What's next, Mario? Um, I was just gonna mention that I think it uh, Homecoming looks like it's gonna parallel a lot with Iron Man and Iron Man Two, where Nick Fury's trying to recruit. Talk about uh, Far From Home. I, no, what, what, far what, from home. or far from home? Yeah, I think that it's gonna uh, where Nick Fury's trying to recruit Spider Man, almost like how he re- tried to recruit Tony. I think it's gonna mirror that, and I feel like he's they're building Spider Man to be the next Iron Man and or next Tony Stark, in my opinion, where he's gonna be the start of the new Avengers initiative. There's if Peter a, uh, there's- applies himself. He could be smarter, as smart as Tony. There's a little bit of inconsistency with the trailer, though, when it comes, and I, they obviously had to do that because of you know uh, spoilers for spoilers for Endgame. But uh, when he says "so nice to finally meet you," I'm like, did you not meet him at the funeral? Are I guess you, he didn't like, really get to talk to him. It's a funeral. You talk to everyone. <laughs> Spider-Man Three: Homeward Bound. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Spider Spider Man Two, Jesus Christ, Far From Home, Jake Gyllenhaal without a mask. I swear to God, if he's not in that helmet, like at least they've a good seventy percent. They already, already have pictures of him in the in the fishbowl, so. But they have Thank pictures of God. him without the fishbowl. Yeah. Shut up, but Mario. You got to show that beefcake face. Yeah. No, you know he no, because I'm trying to think. He's never shown his face when he wears the fishbowl, has he? Not I mean, really. When, when Spider Man cracks the fishbowl. Well, obviously, yeah, but other than that, he doesn't. He never takes the helmet off. So this is already pissing me off. Just thinking of inconsistencies. Well, John, he's pretty no- <laughs> John, is that one thing you and Josh can agree on? Yes, it is. Mysterio <laughs> is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. So He's not one of my favorite, but I do respect him because uh, Spider-Man on PS One Mysterio boss fight was the shit. Now, uh, we, now we no longer agree. Excuse <laughs> the fuck out of you. So um, the only thing I wanted to, I, I guess it, it's not really uh, relative at this point because we already talked about all the women helping Peter, but I, I personally liked the all the the women coming in and getting the Avengers pan for them all. I thought that was uh, needed in my opinion, but I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, I know my girlfriend Ronnie really enjoyed it and like uh, womaned out. You know, I guess, I guess you could say no, a lot of people didn't like that part. Yeah, I know. I Not know a lot I, of people, but a lot of people hated that part. Not hated it, but they so, think it's pandering. Well, yeah, and I know John said it was no, forced. No, they hated it. <laughs> don't 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 mince words. They hated it. I loved it. I didn't hate it. I just felt like it was forced. You could have done it better. You def it definitely seemed a little forced. No, it was definitely forced. Um, because like I agree that like all the women that teamed up in Infinity War, okay, I understand them teaming up once again. But it's like, what the fuck is Mantis gonna do? Explain She's gonna touch them and make them feel really upset. <laughs> Pause. Pause. And now back to touch by Mantis on HBO. Uh it leaves you know what? We have enough hero, women heroes to start an A Force. So let's see an A Force movie going. Yeah, as long as it has uh Good writing. I'm I'm all for that. Where's She-Hulk? And She-Hulk. Stop. But no, don't torture me. They're never going to bring She-Hulk. Don't you dare torture me, damn it. Universal. A.K.A. the guys that don't want to play ball. Yeah, I, I, f- I feel like they probably own the rights, maybe. That's a thing. They, I, we'd have to look it up. No, they, they do, because um that's the reason why there was never an Incredible Hulk 2. There was, ru- there was supposed to be an Incredible Hulk trilogy, but Universal decided to be a little bitch and uh, pulled the rights. That's why we're never going to see the Riddler. I mean, the Riddler. Excuse me. The leader. The Riddler. Uh, forgive me. I'm still I'm still binging Batman, okay? Like, yeah. forgive me. Um, that's why we're never going to see the leader. We're never going to see Gargoyle. We're never going to see She-Hulk. Just give Marvel the rights back, damn it, before they buy you out, too. Before Disney buys you out, too. Uh, the, the one other thing I wanted to mention was I, I felt like the ending felt a little rushed, and I definitely noticed that more so uh, during my second go around, like the movie definitely went faster, even though I, so, okay, excuse me. I did fall asleep. It was late. Uh, I just got (laughs) off of work. So, you know, and I already saw the movie. So the second time I did fall asleep at a certain part, uh, and I woke up when Tony and cap were talking about going back to the seventies, they get the, the Tesseract, but I, for some reason, the movie did go faster towards the end, the second go around. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you guys felt that at all. Yeah, yes or no. Did you guys feel that real quick, Josh? I mean, probably yeah. And the, again, the reason for that is we got a. They had they had a. I feel like they had to kind of like beg Disney or kind of convince Disney. Hey, you know, we should make this a three hour movie. And they were like, I don't know. That doesn't sound like it would work. And they had to like convince them. Like they said, okay, you can do three, but no more than that. So I feel like it was like during the end of the, uh, during like the you know cl- we're getting close to finishing up wrapping uh, or wrapping all this up. They were like, okay. Come on, hustle, guys. We got we to gotta get this shit out the door. Come on. We got we to gotta go. So you, you're going to say y- yes and no? Yes and no. I Again, I don't think there's any MCU fan that would be opposed to watching a four-hour movie or five-hour movie, movie um, unless you got work in the morning. I understand that. I know the struggle. Um, but, I mean, kind of like how um, I think the director's, the, the, the director's cut is going to definitely be like an extra two hours or maybe even three hours of content. Like I feel like, like I feel like they cut a lot from this movie. Chris Hawk, yes or no? No. John, yes or no? Uh, not enough to bother me, but I can see it. Uh, the next thing, uh, so we're gonna get into um, the end piece here, our end game of end game. <laughs> uh, Chris Hawk wanted to know what our. Uh, MVP was other than Tony Thor Cap. Who was your MVP of the movie? Chris Hawk, you asked this question. Do you have one in mind? Uh, I'm gonna say Ant Man, Paul Rudd. I think Paul <laughs> Rudd. Paul Rudd brought it this movie. I think I'm. I think he's a fan favorite now because of Endgame. Uh, I think he had some great memorable parts to the movie. Uh, he's actually valuable to the team, and. Some of the parts in the movie are unforgettable because of him. I I truly hope he's part of the Avengers now. Whenever there's another Avengers movie or there's more team-ups with him involved because I think he just makes every movie better. I think uh, my MVP will have to be uh, Mark Ruffalo Hawkface that John <laughs> loved. <laughs> uh, you can't see it, but I'm smiling at you for way too long. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who'd my uh, maybe you could uh, you could say Cap, Mari. You could say Cap. Okay, who yeah, it's, it, we know who it is. It's Cap. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> Josh, do you have an MVP real quick of the movie? I have a lot of them because okay, I'm not gonna go. go through, like, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna go through an entire list. Yeah, I, I already got you, Mario. I can, I can, <laughs> yeah, I can feel the the hand <laughs> being raised. Like I'm gonna slap the fuck out of you. Don't worry, this up. Do it. Um, do it. So just a quick run through. Uh, Obviously, Cap, yeah. I got the ending I wanted. I, I called it, and I fucking love that I got that right. Uh, like, I almost, like, had a girl moment in the theater because I, I was just so happy to see that uh, in motion. But, uh, so Cap, Scarlet Witch, for one reason. Scarlet Witch is my personal. I do love Black Widow. Like I said, she's one of my favorites. But my all-time, like, personal favorite female character is Scarlet Witch. And... She got to finally, like, show herself. Like, she handled Thanos for a minute. She handled Thanos all by herself. Yeah. And so, like, I, I people are going to argue this, and I'm willing to debate it. But, like, they said, like, Kevin said that Captain Marvel is the most powerful character. Scarlet Witch, bruh, is up there. She She's up there. Because, yeah, like, Captain Marvel handled him by by herself, but so did Scarlet Witch. So if, if, if Captain Marvel is the number one most powerful, Scarlet Witch is right behind her by, like, inches. Uh, of course, uh, Tony Stark, 
I do not think Mark Ruffalo face Hulk is an MVP <laughs> in any sense. And I agree with Chris Hawk that uh, Ant-Man Paul Rudd is definitely a fan favorite. He was such a kiss-ass to cap. It was hilarious. John, you have an MVP? It's a young Michael Douglas. <laughs> with, with the mullet? No, it's, it's Ant-Man for the things Chris Hawk said. I was going to come out here and say something stupid like Mark Ruffalo face, but Mario <laughs> beat me to it. <laughs> and I, I considered saying Thor's gut. But <laughs> I mean, Ant-Man did the best job of being the most confused person in the fucking scene. And it was that is America's it was, ass. It was comedic, but not like in your face all the time. Like Fat Thor was. It, it was more organic. Yeah, definitely. I guess we could talk about what they would do next, but I, I feel like we'd have to do a quick summary of what our idea of is it is. So, Josh, if you can do. A couple sentences of <laughs> <laughs> what you think. I'll give you one sentence, or not one sentence, but I'll give you two possibilities of where they could go. Okay, go. Kang the Conqueror or Galactus. Okay. Uh, Chris Hawk. So they're going to bring in the X-Men instantly because of the cosmic energies that have been around the world due to the uh, Gal- the um, Infinity Gauntlet. The and the next villain... For Black Panther is going to be Namor because they uh, mentioned some underwater earthquakes in the movie, and Doctor Strange was moving water around in the last battle. He was all there by himself moving water. I think it was Namor. Uh, I know. I swear to God, if the Submariner becomes canon, I will fucking laugh my ass off. I know who. Do you have rights to him? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think they do. I think it's recent. Because who the fuck was going to make a Submariner movie? Uh, well, Marvel. Marvel will do it. And they'll turn Mario's him into a- uncle. <laughs> can we just say? God damn it. Can we just say how how John will be so pissed if people will say that Aquaman is a ripoff of Submariner? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna be so mad <laughs> because people are obviously gonna be like MCU. You know, Submariner's better than Aquaman. I'm so weak. <laughs> um, Nam- Namor is not popular at all. I'm just no. saying. My uncle like, loves he's Namor. An, he's an asshole. Disney can and make anything he popular. He really is a fucking right. asshole. But I think he's a great parallel to Black Panther. But at the same time, they can make Namor a anti-hero. So they could do some many things. I think they're going to do the mutants next. Mutants next. It's got to be the mutants. Namor is also a homewrecker. I feel like there's got to be a gap for X-Men, in my opinion. There's got to be. Because if they just threw it right in my face, I'm going to be like, oh, new X-Men? Okay. Here we Dark go. Dark Phoenix 2? Disney's Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Kevin Foggy has said they're going to introduce the X-Men, but I think they should introduce they're going to introduce them organically. I do believe that the Fantastic 4 are going to be introduced faster than X-Men for one reason. Um there's like a rumor going around that in that trailer for Far From Home, the old Avengers Tower is being turned into the Baxter Building. So, or you know, a version of the Fantastic 4's, you know, location. So, I'm hoping that the Fantastic Four are introduced first because, um... Man, I can't wait to see Michael B. Jordan. No. No. <laughs> I want a proper... I want a... God damn it, I want thing. a proper... <laughs> God damn it, I want a proper Fantastic Four movie. Is that too much to ask? John. What are you about? We got we got two of them. Get the old cast in here. Let's go. We got one. The other the <laughs> other that, that says it has Galactus in it doesn't. It has a, it has a fucking space fart. 
or space Gi- dust cloud floating in space. <laughs> that is not Galactus. That Chris off. Evans is done as Captain America because he's going back to his roots. Let's get it going. John, I swear to God, if they did that, I would love that so much. Oh my goodness, John, what do you think they're doing next? Uh, I think Fantastic Four is probably where they go. I just hope it's not like Doctor Doom immediately because he's such a good villain. Yeah. Like, why waste him on a one-shot movie? They'll probably make like, him, they could make him an overarching villain in the MCU because he kind of he's, he's yeah. tangled with the multi, multiple heroes. Well, I mean that's what I hope they do, but you never know. I don't I don't really know. I'll just wait. I'll just let them do it. It'll probably make sense. I have no idea what they're gonna do. I'm just along for the ride. As a superhero fan, I guess I'll see what happens. But I feel I, like Galactus or Doctor Doom would be the best choice for overarching villain. The only reason uh, I said the only reason I said Kang was because of the time travel elements. Like they could definitely introduce him now because of that. They could yeah. definitely introduce Kang because yeah, he 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 would come back to try to correct it, conquer the Earth, be like, only I can use time travel correctly. All right, I'm the smartest guy around. <laughs> or I, I don't know. I I I guess you know people are very excited for MCU X Men. I just think it'd be too soon. I'm I'm not a little scared about it, honestly. I'm scared they're gonna fuck it up. Let I'm it so scared. Let it breathe and let it come back uh, when people are good and ready for a new X Men. On to the next subject. Uh, I, this is my personal opinion, but I think Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. should get Oscar nominations for this movie. I guarantee they'll get Golden Globe nominations. Probably right. I don't, I don't know about Oscars. I wouldn't hold my breath. They'll get. I get. You know what? Marvel's already pushing it, pushing Endgame for Best Picture. So I wouldn't see why not. The reason I say that is because we all know that Hugh Jackman deserved a fucking award for his performance in Logan. I am not bullshitting. I'm not joking. I sincerely think he deserved an award for that a performance. That was a beautiful end to Lo- the, his character of Logan. You can and calm down. We all agree. You can calm down. We all agree. I, we we it do. It angers agree. me. <laughs> so Robert Downey Jr. won a Golden Globe for Sherlock. I'm pretty sure he could win a Golden Globe for Iron Man. So, John, do you do you think they deserve an I Oscar? Think, I think Endgame will get a nod because uh, they've clearly shown that fans can influence it now. I d- I don't know that. I guess it depends on what else we have going up against it, but currently. Uh, it's possible that one of them could get a nod to it. I don't think they'd ever win, though. And Oscar-wise, I mean, Gold Globes, yeah, probably. So we're going to finish this off very soon. Um, The last thing I just wanted to see is what your guys' favorite parts were. You know, maybe five or three to five. Uh, Let's do three. Let's do three. Okay, let's do three. Um, Geez, I have to narrow mine down, I guess. But I'd I'd have to say the Ronin Samurai fight is definitely one of mine. I don't know if you guys saw that coming. Uh, but I definitely like that. Uh, Falcon getting the shield to be the new Captain America. First round draft pick, I just want to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Mario, did you flip? Oh, I flipped. I was like, that's my first round draft pick. I knew I, it, man. I, fl- I flipped too, but for the opposite reason. <laughs> now, my gut really wants to say my third most favorite is Thor Korg and Meeks gaming and, and uh, <laughs> getting in a rage argument online. But I'm going to have to say cat picking up the hammer because it oh, was exciting. It was glorious. 
Did you did you rub it in your brother's face, Mario? I he didn't get to see. He hasn't seen the movie yet, ah. so I can't, and it makes me mad. And and the backstory to that is my brother was almost named Thor a long time ago, and my mom was like, "We're not calling our son Thor. We're gonna name him Thornton, and we can call him Thor for short." My brother, my dad was like, "Then we're picking a new name." Uh, <laughs> so my brother did end up because of that naming his. Uh, son's middle name Thor, but uh, Thor is definitely my brother's favorite superhero. So you know, the first Avengers we got to play on uh, the hammer hitting the shield, and you know the uh, Avengers two when Captain America almost picked up the hammer. You know, me and my brother, my brother's like, he ain't gonna do it, he ain't gonna do it. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he gonna pick that baby up, he gonna pick that baby up. You know, and uh, I think when we saw the first Avengers, and uh, you know. Thor hit the shield and it ricocheted. I was like, how about that? I was like, how about that? You know? Uh, so we we definitely like have been playing off of each other for these movies. So I can't wait for him. I can't wait to, you know, rub that in his face. Uh, Chris, Hawk, you. You have, Chris Hawk, do you have three favorites? I do. Uh, so my three favorites would have to be Cap fighting himself. It's oh such, my God. such a good fight. Um, on your left, when Falcon goes through the portals, and one of my favorite Thanos scenes is when Thanos used the Power Stone to punch Captain Marvel. That made me it, laugh so hard. I thought that was such an OG scene. I thought, just thought it was just so smart. Something Thanos would do, and you know, taking a jewel, a stone off the gauntlet just to fight. I thought it was just. I just can't stop thinking about that scene. Uh, John, three favorite parts? Uh, Professor Hulk face. Um, <laughs> that kid from the end that nobody knew who he was at the funeral. That was the kid from Iron Man 3. Come on, guys. Am I the only one that remembered? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would know that. but I ha- Again, rewatched Iron Man 3. Found a new respect for it. Moving on. I have no comments to that, but my real ones. Um, Thor with his uh, lightning imagery. That we've discussed. Um, I did also like the Thanos using creatively the uh, stones, even though he had them all in a gauntlet. Uh, he taking them out and using them—that was that's neat. And uh, I don't know, probably the uh, the Spider-Man uh, instant kill mode, just because it was referenced <laughs> beforehand the, oh my in his God. movie, and they filled that there. So I don't need that anymore. Get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, get I rid don't of care. it. Get rid of it. <laughs> they delivered on that punchline, so you can stop now. Uh, Josh, three favorite parts. Ah, uh, so getting uh, watching watching Cap basically be able to go home in a sense, go to Peggy. That was a good scene. Um, get pegged. He got pegged. <laughs> he did get pegged. Wink, wink. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, that I gotta say that as well as um, I gotta say the opening to like th- when they actually go to Thanos like that scene just like because no one expected it to go that down that bad um, like my friend uh, who's been on the po- who's been here with us before uh, Charlene Flowers Avery he's a big Thanos fan he was like that's my boy that's the OG and as soon as his as soon as Thor chopped his fucking head off I looked at him and I said. I was like, this your man, right? This your man right here, right? He's fucking up. Just seeing it, it was that was a moment for me because seeing my friend like have his heart broken was just 
I'm a, I'm a cold heart. I'm a cold hearted bastard. I love that. And um, for third <laughs> for third scene, uh, I have two answers. I don't know which one to go with. Um, pick the one that comes first. Sure, you want that one? Yes, pick it. Okay. Any scene that didn't have Captain Marvel in it. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I think we'd agree the uh, Avengers Assemble was probably pretty damn great too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most deaf. Uh, Mario. I don't know how your audience reacted. I don't know how your you know first time you watched it reacted to it, but when uh, Cap got the hammer, our whole fucking crowd just screamed and it was it was they were hyped. Like, they were like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" It was like yeah. it was like. It was so dope. Oh, I definitely stood up. I did the patented Mario stand up and clap. Uh, <laughs> can I? I, I need to can see I tell that. you guys about my theater experience real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. So I saw this movie while I was on vacation in Ohio. Me too. And I went and saw this at an AMC Classic, which if you don't know what an AMC Classic is, it's basically these small chain of theaters that were bought by AMC in small towns. Uh, I saw this in a theater that no joke had no more than 50 seats. Uh, it was not tiered seating. It was like a really, really low sloping ramp. And it was basically like the entire high school of this local town watching this movie. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even joking. At least like six rows on each side all knew each other. So that's the reactions I got. It was it was cringeworthy. Wait, wait. So wow. they did. I, I'm trying to comprehend what you just said. Like. Picture a 50-person movie theater. Screen's very small, like one-fourth the size of an IMAX screen at AMC Linhaven. Oh. Oh, God. And out of those 50 people, I would say 30 of them knew each other and were discussing at length. Oh, oh my I God. Think people, I, think, I think people in my audience were getting stoned. So, I mean, uh, I mean <laughs> that had to be quite the experience. My girlfriend cried the whole time, so I was just, you know... Worried about her um, uh, mental uh, stability <laughs> during the movie. Yeah, you know, I think we we all had we all discussed a lot of um, good things, and I think we all we brought up a lot of interesting topics, and we went pretty in depth in this. And uh, the one final question, all together, do you? think that this movie should be seen in theaters or do you think you have you can wait for it to uh well i mean if you wait you you know you're gonna have potential spoilers you know obviously on the internet so you probably might not want to go on social media ever again until the movie comes out on dvd but uh do you think this should be seen in theaters or do you think this should be seen at home or uh you know i guess you know that type of thing i'll go first um if you have no problems with cgi professor hulk you go see it in the theaters if you do <laughs> think you might have a problem with the cgi professor hulk and you've listened to this you've already heard all the spoilers wait for somebody to cut them out all of the scenes and then watch it on the internet <laughs> chris hulk do you think this is a theater experience or do you think it's- you can wait until it comes out at home it's definitely a theater experience. If we were in the theater together when we saw the first Iron Man movie, and I think you should be in the theater to see the end of this phase, Avengers Endgame movie, I think it's a movie you have to see in theaters. Josh. Okay. Definitely see it in theaters. 
just cover your eyes whenever uh, Professor Mark Luffalo is on is on screen. I guess um, it's definitely one you want to see in theaters. I for our metaverse review of it, all I put was just one sentence. I said, "A marvelous end to a fantastic journey." That's what this is. That's that's what this has been for me. Yeah, I, I think we all liked the movie, even though we had a lot of, uh, you know, gropes here and there about it. You know, we all had favorite parts, as you heard. So I hope you guys liked our discussion and stuff. Uh, you know, me, Chris Hawk, Joey, I think Sean Barnes was there, saw the first Iron Man in theaters together. Uh, John, were you there? I uh, I feel like I was. Uh, the only thing I remember from that night, I think George was there, too was the Taco Bell incident afterwards where I left the vehicle and walked home. Uh, <laughs> we won't what? get into what? that. <laughs> can, we get into, can we get into that after we, st- after no. we stop now, talking Originally, about I have come to grown to like the first Iron Man. At first, I didn't like it because, in my mind, a superhero never reveals his identity. So at that point in my superhero uh, fandom, I didn't think a superhero should reveal themselves. But I have grown to really like Iron Man and is one of my favorite MCU movies. Uh, And obviously, you know, throughout comic book history and getting more into comic books, that has happened. So I've grown to grow past that. Uh, I I hoped uh, that you guys understand where we were coming from with a lot of our discussions. I hope uh, we opened up your eyes or, you know, shared some of the same opinions or, you know, you guys can totally disagree with us and you can, you know, hit us up on social media at cinema seven underscore pod on Facebook. It's just cinema seven. And if you found us, you know how we spell cinema seven, it's a uh, cinema. And then the number seven E V E N. Uh, you can totally chat with us on there, message us, uh, comment on, on the posts we make and, and, totally get into discussions with us or you know you can email us at cinema7podcast at gmail.com if you want to be a guest you can donate to our Patreon and become a lifelong friend Uh, we have tiers on there that John usually talks about Uh, Josh thank you for coming on and being a part of this episode and you know definitely coming on uh, for you know the last few episodes that we've had you on is I appreciate it very much so and you know the discussions that you bring uh, if you wanted to plug the metaverse real quick uh, thank you yeah um, like I said man I always love I lo- always love coming on with uh, with you guys it's finally nice to meet the infamous John uh, he's been absent for the majority of the time I come on to the podcast so it was finally nice to meet him uh, I look forward to <laughs> debating with you good sir. Um, oh yeah, there's no hostility here. We're all friends. That I can see that changing really quick, depending on what I think. But because <laughs> I, I have, I have a mind. I, I, to put it simply, I'm like Roddy Piper, dude. Like I just say what comes to my mind. Don't give a fuck about the consequences. But yeah, as far as metaverse goes, currently we are doing a celebration of all things Batman for our superhero summer. I am uh, actually. At the time of this recording, I will I will have finished uh, both Batman the Telltale series on my Twitch at Most Meta. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter under the same title at The Most Meta. I uh, also have a email if you want to, you know, email me. Be come on come on as a guest. It's uh, metaversechannel at gmail.com. I don't have a Patreon because I haven't gotten that far yet. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said before, Mario, I always love coming on with y'all and shooting the shit and. Uh, 
you'll be I know that you'll be coming on with me to uh, talk about some of the future Batman events coming up. Yeah, and uh, I know you talked about it, and me and Chris Hawk love uh, you know talking about the Dark Knight Rises. So <laughs> you know when you do your episode on that, we'll gladly come on and talk about that movie, and I'll try to defend it un- unsuccessfully. <laughs> don't 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 defend it. Don't defend it. Don't do what you hate. Don't don't hate. No, he don't will try. Hate. He will he will be the good cop. And I will be the bad he, cop. He will you try. You'll, you'll be all the bad cops that go. All of them go underneath the city. Yeah. Well, technically, okay. you'll be there too. Yeah. Well, the no, plan. The plan. I'm Robin. <laughs> so I'm staring at you with great disdain right now. Thank you, Josh. Uh, check out all his Batman stuff coming out. Uh, he's got a lot more things coming out later in the year, too, that are not Batman-esque and, and things that are on the horizons. Check out the Metaverse, the most meta. Uh, they're all cool guys, cool nerds and geeks like us. And uh, they, they have eventful conversations, as you can tell by the type of person Josh was on this episode. They, they, they get into it and they have passion behind their voice. I don't know. Chris Hawk, take no, it away. It's called it's called the one, okay? As always from us at Cinema 7, we want to thank you <laughs> for listening to us. Oh, yeah. For, for watching with us. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, one million percent want to thank you. <laughs> you know, podcaster. For taking this journey with us. Thank you from everyone at Cinema 7. <laughs>